Hello, everybody. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. You Welcome. Wanna, you you want to do the cold opening? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by harrys.com. Uh, harrys.com. Go and uh, go to harrys.com. Buy a shaver. Buy a razor. You can actually buy replacement blades, too. And they're amazing. They're cheap. They're great. You love them. I just reordered. Yeah. And uh, you can get $5 off with ComedyFilmNerds.com. I just got $5 Gr- off. Graham's got a nice nice jawline yeah. and a nice beard. He yeah, could yeah. do a, definitely do a Harry's ad. Yeah. <laughs> if it was just like a tip of the nose down, <laughs> showing. I'm a good jaw model. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. You got a, a nice, nice Don Draper kind of... <laughs> yeah alcoholic philandering <laughs> sort of a jawline <laughs> but it, yeah but yeah. it's um it you looks know, good today no, it's got a lot of character graham you can't argue with that <laughs> he's got the kind of face that you don't see the stubble you'd want to see the stubble you almost want to come back tomorrow yeah you feel and cheated see how it arranged it's so neat yeah. and so precise yeah it's like well I, I yeah so come back tomorrow guys and see my stubble <laughs> what's your um pelvic area like we'll get into that in the next episode yeah. Okay. And scene. Welcome, guys. Episode 223. Pretty exciting. Back from being on the road. Yeah, you were gone for two weeks. Yes. We, uh, you know, we released some fun uh, banked episodes, the Alan mm-hmm. Havey episode, and uh, finally, back from the dead, the uh, David Schmidt oh, sound yeah, episode yeah. was like... <laughs> Recorded in May, yeah. that we found that that one I knew too is uh, when you were looking for it. Um, and if I just hear you mumble and listen to the same sound clips over and over again, I know you can't find something. Yeah. So that was when, like, let me just email Dave and see if he has yeah, another copy. No of it. I can't find. And it. then uh, you know, about five minutes later, hey uh, Chris, can you email Dave to see if he has it already done? Done. <laughs> done. I know you can't find it. <laughs> I know it's lost. <laughs> Who's the technical end? You? So no, it's Graham. Yeah, you're the technical yeah. end. How surprising! You yeah. think the guy with the glasses? So well, I do the I do the website. You do the website, <laughs> yes. but but you don't know how to do the because I used to do a podcast, and that's mm-hmm. what killed me. Yeah, was I couldn't I could never figure out the technical end, and then I was beholden to somebody that I didn't get along with, mm-hmm. and we would always fight and. Um, Wait, well, let's get into that a little bit. This yeah. is our guest, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Nash. <laughs> so tell us about your fighting podcast. <laughs> well, we, I had a podcast once, and so I would go in and I... It was called I Fight With My Host? What was it called? It was... It was, it was Fight? It, yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was called We're Making No Money. And, um, and so he would just... He just kind of hated everything I did. And then like if I would like post on Facebook about the show, uh-huh. he would be mad that I was posting on Facebook, he'd be like, why are you filling up everyone's feed? Like, and I'm like, because it's the show we're doing. And he's like, why are uh, you promoting our show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was I don't want anyone yeah. to know about it. Why are you promoting? <laughs> and he's a great guy. I mean, I, st- I still talk to him, but we just could not work together. And, and he was just... So then anyways, we split up. So then 
I couldn't take it anymore. We just couldn't get along. And then I had to try to figure out the technical end and I would lose whole episodes. Oh. I would like interview Jeff Garland and then it would be gone. Every podcast has the lost episode I, story. It, it, it was just too much for me to... How many have we lost? Was it just a couple? Only one. There's only one? One or two. Mike There's Siegel? Mike Siegel. I don't think we lost... No, that's lost no big deal. One. I'm yeah. joking, no, Mike. I love Mike. No, one got repaired. That's right. The, I re- I, oh, yeah. The, uh, I had someone well, save a David one. Cross. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had someone save a David Cross from the dead. I don't know mm-hmm. how he got it back. It was gone. It was like ghosted on my garage van, and I sent it to some dude and And they just busted. pieced it back together. Like, I, I don't know what he like did. Like audio CSI. They just put it... They, <laughs> they, <laughs> audio, that'd be the great, a great name for a company. <laughs> Audio CSI. <laughs> repair audio. Or a show. Yeah. Right. That'd be a good show. This file was murdered. <laughs> and then you so it are you doing another podcast? No, or I, you're, I, you're I don't, do not touch podcasts anymore. I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Worst. You're out. I'm out. I can't stand it. I don't like the longevity of it. It's, it doesn't end. You can do a good one. And then the next one is you got to do another one next week. And, and, and getting it up there. If I could just walk in maybe and do it, I guess I would do it, but I, I'm not in that situation. Mm, sounds like you still wouldn't do it. <sighs> Booking the guests. <laughs> the guests are late. Oh, yeah. The guests are know. late when asshole guests are yeah, late. late. I mean, who you would be an, late? Yeah, you sent him an email confirming 11 a.m. And yeah. you go, I thought it was eight. Yeah. And there's no yeah. eight anywhere in the email? And the, and the guest like, shows no respect <laughs> to your podcast. This is a thing that you've been working on for two or three years. And like you built it from nothing. And then the guest is like, I don't fucking know when they do it. Yeah. <laughs> who would do that? What kind of jerk would do that? Doesn't make any sense. Ass bag do Someone who only cares about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it. That was hard. It was hard to book people. (laughs) Then people say no. Yeah. Oh, Uh, Jason Alexander said no. Who cares, though? I feel like this. Like, we were having a discussion about a scheduling thing with someone, and they have a TV show or something like that. And I was like, why are we doing the show at night? And Chris texted me back, well, we need to accommodate the millionaires. And I wrote back, (laughs) no, we don't. Uh And he goes, ha. Old business model. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't give a shit. If Fancy Pants McGee can't make it here, I don't give a shit. I, yeah. we, there's, there's, I could name a hundred comics that would love to come in here and do it and be funny. So fuck at me. eleven. At eleven. Yeah. Not eight. <laughs> eight o'clock time. Well, who to record a podcast? Who, who? <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't, you wouldn't arrange something for a a list? Not really. A Seth Rogen or a nope. James Franco or no. he, Chris isn't saying anything. He's like, no, maybe. Well, if they came in together, we would, we would do it. together. Say, no, I want to ask him why uh, Green Hornet was such a piece of shit. So. Oh, come on! <laughs> the guys made twenty great movies. Sure. And, uh, no, we can ask him. You can have one. But I didn't even see that one. Him. Yeah. That's My funny. friend is writing that movie, and I'm like, you're gonna kill us all. <laughs> Have you been seeing all that stuff about that? Movie? I just the uh, the the beginning where it's like, what is that an act of war? Really, you know, the North Korea. That's like when they're going nuts. What did Seth Rogen? He goes, normally people uh, wait till they see my movies. Before they go, like, an act of war. <laughs> He's great. 
Um, so Jason, it's great to have you here. This it's is the first time here. on the podcast. Um, you know, one little anecdote about uh, Jason and I, we've, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. And um, we were at um, Aspen, the comedy festival, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a time- We got blowjobs and a hot <laughs> together, right? At the St. Regis. That's exactly what I was going to say. And uh, <laughs> Graham filmed it. <laughs> and this was the it's time- It's on YouTube, check it yeah. out. <laughs> this was a time- It's on Graham's YouTube channel and he won't take it down. Yeah. <laughs> Before um, before cell phones and before cell phone cameras, and uh, um, George Lucas was there, and I said, uh, I need someone to take a picture of me with George Lucas with this film camera that don't exist anymore, mm-hmm. and I gave it to Jason Nash, and oh, he no. took it, and the problem is with you know the film cameras, you're like, you have no idea if it, show, it, it came out or anything, mm-hmm. and I said something very rude to Jason. I said, uh, this better come out. <laughs> like, he was like a professional photographer that I had hired yeah. to take this one picture. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember that at all. There's the picture. It's on the billboard. Oh, I see it. Yeah, that's uh, that's oh, the one. Yeah. You, that's the one you took. Jason S <laughs> took that photo. I think we need to scan and put that. Yeah. And post Damn. that to the Facebook. I will. Page. I'll post it to the Facebook page. Okay, Lucas and, looks really handsome, and you like your. You look like your. Uh, my hair was way longer, you, and uh, and yeah. you. I, I will say you 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 just went uh, like a professional photographer. You went. No, I got it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Free photo. <laughs> You look like you're in Color Me Bad a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that was long hair, man. Yeah, that was long hair. It's nice. So when you're young, you can do it. You sure. can have the long hair. You can pull it off a Yeah, bit. now you got it nice. Yeah, yeah you, Graham, you got it. Once you have kids, it's, it's got to get shorter. You can't Color Me Bad anymore. Yeah. Once yeah. you have kids and you're now, in the suburbs. And Graham's always looked like a Marine sergeant. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, always. Since he was 12. Right. Yeah. Lee Emery doesn't, our Lee Emery hasn't changed his uh, hair. He's still a drill sergeant. <laughs> you are a disgusting fat body. That's a quote from Full Metal Jacket. Um, so, well, let's uh, let's get into it. I really want to talk about these. Uh, oh, real quick. I just want to oh, thank anyone who came out to the, I did this, uh, David Huntsberger has this show called The Junk Show. He does once a month. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Will Anderson was on the show. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. had some short films. It's really cool, and I did a character for it. It was really cool. So check that out. If you're in L.A., uh, go to David Huntsberger's you know, various online presencies. And and it's once a month? Once a month. Oh, cool. Cool show. Check it out. All right, so, so let's get into it. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes now. Neil loved this movie, and there's a review up on the site. Um, I have not seen it yet, but you saw it. Okay, I saw it last night. <clears throat> I saw it at my favorite movie theater. Oh, okay. The dine-in theater, mm-hmm. the comfortable lazy boy, and they bring you food. It was mm-hmm. great. Oh, the iPick? Uh, no, this is the one in the marina, the AMC. Oh, AMC. Uh, similar concept. Similar though, concept. Yeah. It was awesome. I, I love the whole thing. So um, I think overall I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really like, what's his name, the mocap guy, the David? Oh, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. He needs to get an Oscar nomination, or they need to create a mocap Category, category or something yes. because he he it was his movie right he's the lead actor in the film and he's amazing like he is amazing and and you know it's 10 years down the road from the first one from rise of the planet of the Earth. okay so they just did some really really cool stuff in it i i you know it's, has it been 10 years no, just the in the storyline oh sorry, sorry i'm afraid they're gonna run out of similes for this movie though like for when they keep making them Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet right, of the Apes, yeah. Beginning of the Planet yeah. of the Apes. Yeah, it's yeah. All, brunch. Yeah, brunch. Yeah. <laughs> 
start of the Planet of the Apes. Siesta. Yeah. Rob Schneider. <laughs> Siesta, the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, it was really cool stuff in there. There's some moments in here. I think you need to see this, Chris, so we can do a spoiler wrap. Yeah, absolutely. Because this, my the things in there that I have, I don't even know that I would call them critiques that I have questions about. Okay. We need, we can only they they we can't talk about them now because it would ruin it. the film. So we need to do a spoiler up. But I want to go back and watch the original one because the original one to me that was written by Rod Serling is such hardcore social commentary. It is an indictment of the human race. You know, it really is like yeah, I remember. Look what we've done, and this movie has obviously a lot of that. But then there's some stuff that happens within the apes that I was like, I don't know. I don't know a part of my initial reaction was no, this, this shouldn't be, it should just be a clear indictment of the human race. But then again, this is, we got to cover in a spoiler because it brings mm. up other questions and I'm just not clear yet on whether this really bothered me or if it was a, an, an, an interesting choice that the writers and filmmakers made. But overall, I think it's a good film. If you liked, I remember rise kind of caught me off guard because I was like, I don't know if this is going to be good, but Rise, right. I thought was a very good prequel. And, you know, with a prequel, you have, you're in a tough position because the history is already written. It's already established what happens down the road unless you decide to change it like George Lucas. Right. And just say, oh, metachlorines. Like you have, um, you, basically you have roadblocks. Like you can't, the story can't go past like a certain point. Right, unless right? you just want to be a, like some like, asshole filmmakers have done and just change shit. Just reimagine it. Yeah, which which I don't think it should and it's it's, create i mean so they so they have to deal with that and i think they've done a decent job with it but i want to talk about it more so i would recommend okay. overall, overall i say work it how overall, is the cgi compared to the great. first one is it's it better. better it's much better oh it's better really it's it's real the cgi in this is really amazing really? There's, there's there's some moments where you go oh there's cgi but there's a lot of moments where you're like holy shit you know and the scenes where they're the humans are interacting with them that used to be the big like Mm, I can tell that the eye lines it used to be off or whatever, right, right. and just in general with that technology. But it's really good now because I think they're just having these actors in these motion capture suits on the set in the green in the green suit in the green yeah. suit. So the eye lines, are the, I mean, the the, right. the the regular actors are interacting with an actual person, another actor. So right. it's there. I don't know. I really, I really overall liked it. Oh, good. Would Andy Circus accept the mocap award as? The ape. As Caesar. <laughs> I think he'd have to. I think he'd have to come out in a green suit with those... those with the tennis ball things the on him. balls yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think, I mean, I think if you, if, you re, if you liked the first one, I think you'll like this one. If you didn't like the first one at all, I don't know, that, I don't know if anything's going to change your mind. Right. Well, the, uh, the thing about Andy Serkis, too, it's uh, whenever you read an interview with him, it's so interesting. This, you know, he's like, he said, look, I thought Gollum was like a one-off, you know, sure. kind of motion capture thing, and I would go back to obscure acting, because he's been in movies, but he's never been a leading, you know, mm-hmm. actor or whatever. He's always been like a supporting or a character role somewhere. And he said, it's gotten to the point now where it's, it, not only am I getting all these roles, but I'm being hired as a consultant on other movies on how to do it. Uh, yeah, it's so. a it's a whole new I mean it's a it's a brand new th- part of filmmaking and acting yes. 
And and I think it's, it has to be sort of recognized. Yeah, and it's uh, and it'll, and the Academy I think is will will recognize it before they ever give a comedy award before they <laughs> have a comedy category. That show is so messed up anyway. I mean, yeah. there's no way to fix it because nobody cares. And you know, the only other way yeah. is you got to Then you have Best Kiss, and that's stupid too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's such a dumb. Yeah, it's never good. <laughs> yes, the, uh, the Oscars are. Ne- I can't remember when it was good. Maybe if the comedian is like great, like Letterman was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a good host. I thought Chris Rock was a good host. Chris, Chris Rock was I good. Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. Um, but yeah, I like Tina Fey. When yeah, she, she did, did a good job. Tina Fey and Amy hosted the Oscars. No, they didn't. No, that was no, something. Yeah. That was Golden oh, Globes. No, no, no. Gold, yeah, Gold, no, Golden Globes is yeah, entertaining because yeah. you get TV and movies right. and people get drunk. Oscar's never good. You know that why the Golden Globes is like that is because the Golden Globes know that no one cares. Like that's a different. It's a well, different the Golden Globes feel. wants to put on a good variety show, right? Right. Yeah. They, the they Oscars is is like this is it. This is the pinnacle of Hollywood. Well, it's a bunch yes. of rich, it's a bunch yeah. of rich people patting themselves on the back. Yeah. Takes itself way too seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, for, for a show where the, the middle hour and a half is just a stupid just drop of interest <laughs> no one cares foreign films no one's heard of <laughs> best craft services That'd be great and whoever got the best payola um, the foreign press all right well let's move um graham's new dumb mocap award yeah i'm gonna sit through this Give it to the goddamn monkey again. <laughs> um, all right. So what else? Have now Earth to Echo. Earth to Echo. Now this. Uh, I, I saw that. I saw. Did you see it with your family? I did. I took my son mm-hmm. and. Uh, How many kids do you have? I have two kids, and uh, it's awesome. How old is he? He's eight. He's eight. Now okay. don't get now. I might be saying it's awesome because I saw it with an eight-year-old. Okay. So, do you have kids? I do. Okay. So, is is that fair to say to the to the audience? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it with a six year old and a nine year old. Okay. And uh, what they think? Um, they, <laughs> they liked it. Okay. They liked it. Um, the way I can tell is my six year old sat through the whole thing. Okay. So that's. Uh, but here's the thing that uh, um, we'll go through it in detail. But the most infuriating thing is this is a found footage movie. And that made me so almost queasy because some of the scenes I had to shut my eyes on. It was ridiculous the way it was shot. It was shot like a uh, um, like Paranormal Activity or oh. uh, Blair Witch. And it was um, because um, <laughs> the funniest thing my daughter said to me after the movie, because in the movie, the character is one of the kids. is like He's like the director. He's like showing all the footage that, of this, what happened. Yeah. And my daughter goes to me, you know... I wish the professional camera people would have shot that movie. <laughs> you are raising your dog. I really like that aspect of it. I love. Oh, I loved it. I love that yeah. the kid, the but the narration that the kid was telling was really good. It was really spot on, and maybe it was jarring to you. Did you see it? No. It, maybe it was. I, jar- well, I, no, I did. It was called ET. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little et, but I I thought that it was really good the way he told the story, the way he was talking about his friends. I thought it, it emotionally touched me to the core that mm-hmm. these three kids were best friends. I had friends like that that we would ride our bikes to far distances, and um, 
God, it didn't bother me at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it just didn't bother me. The um, Here was the kind of movie that I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, I can see the pitch. I could see what was appealing to this movie, and you just actually um, hit it on the head. Is I could see it like, you've got three friends, they have to move, and they have a bond. It's kind of like Stand By Me. Yeah. But then you add um, E.T. There's, you know, an alien that they have to find and help get home. And then you also have it brought into the... Um, new century with all this new technology and the way kids are always on the internet phones and the way they post everything to YouTube. So I can see that pitch. Uh, I think none of that came together. (laughs) And I think uh, none of that gelled. And I think what it was is, uh, yeah, it really didn't resonate with me at all. I really felt like it was a ripoff of E.T. I thought the characters were all, I felt it was a little bit contrived. And uh, especially the villains, like, okay, the scientists. You didn't like the goofy fat kid? No, I did not like the goofy fat kid. He was (laughs) hilarious. And they made him like extra kind of like weird. I'm like, no, let's just, you know, let these kids be kids. It's not the way it used to be. Um, So I did not like the movie. My kids thought it was okay. My mom thought it was okay. But it really was. It was almost a scene-by-scene ripoff of E.T., with a found footage movie. It really was. I don't and, remember E.T. at all. Well, that, <laughs> that might be. What's E.T.? Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't think it was anything like Mary so, Hart and so, <laughs> John Tesh. And I even thought the alien Echo didn't really even have that much of a personality because it was a CG thing. You know, I really, um, I, it felt like a missed opportunity. Like I said, I could see the pitch and I thought there were moments where I'm like, okay, the friendship of these kids, that's really what the theme and the core of this movie is, but it never got there. It never like gave us more than like the superficial glances into what the movie wanted to be. Two hours where my kids quiet too is really good. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like you being in the comfortable theater. It's like right. yeah, that's I under I get that, believe me, like, oh, this is I don't have to do anything for two hours. Anything. I can just sit here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I get that aspect of it. That always gets an extra star for so it that. Sounds like um, it's not a disaster. As it's a kid, not. as a kidless person, that if you are listening, you have kids. It sounds like if you got kids, they're gonna like it. Yeah. Yeah, well, his kids will. didn't like his his film snobby okay. kids didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> Did they have their own yeah. kid nerds podcast? Yeah, they've, yeah, they've already seen ET, and I've I have a very strict viewing list for them at home for uh, AFI to top one hundred. Yes. Your children. That's what happens though. I mean, <laughs> Dad. Daddy, do we have to watch all of Deer Hunter? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> So after that, Bambi. That does creep in, though, when you have kids. That will creep in. Whether you like it or not, your kids Mm -hmm. will start to criticize film. Yeah. Just like my kids will start to make vines. Mm -hmm. You know? It just happens. (laughs) It's... uh, yeah, and it's funny. We all just watched together um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids again because that was mm-hmm. streaming. And oh, we yeah. watched that, and they had never seen it. And they're watching it, and I'm watching at the structure of this movie, and I'm thinking, you know what? This one, it's not a perfect movie, but you look at this movie, and like there was a real attempt at not only just making this a, uh, a kid's movie, making it a family movie. You've got literally a, a marriage and a family that's about to break up mm-hmm. as um, – as you have, like, you know, the kids getting drunk or in their, in their coming of age and trying to figure out their lives in the grass with, you know, ants chasing them and whatever. But it was, you could see where when a family movie, they make that attempt at making an actual family movie or when it's just shovelware to, like, entertain kids for an hour and a half. There's really, you could see that difference of effort. You know, you've got a, um, what, what, a Groundhog movie that Jerry Bruckheimer makes where they're secret agents or you have Up. You know, they're very different family movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, I thought this was, you know, kids might like it, but the found footage thing really, it, it, 
it, it was not necessary and it, it made me a little sick to my stomach um so it, it it's it's an okay kids movie but if you really want to see a better kids movie with the same plot just watch et again <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's move on now uh jason you saw uh they came together they came together. yeah yeah i watched it on itunes i i don't know if it's in the theater or what mm-hmm. but it's definitely I, on demand yeah I, I rented it and it was only available for rent mm-hmm. and um it was great i really loved really? it yeah i thought it was really smart because you know, what's it's, it about? It's it's about it's a it's a parody of romantic comedies. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah, so for nice. you to say that, for you to go in and try to make that kind of movie, you know, it's going to be—is it going to be like a, a Zucker Brothers movie? You know, that's your first thought. But I know it's David Wayne, so I'm like, well, I know David Wayne's not going to do that. Right. And they just did it really in a smart way, where they kept it real enough and kept the story that you cared enough. But still did the jokes and still did the um, just made fun of all the things about romantic comedies, you know, where the guys get together and are playing basketball, you know, and they're like, hey, man, are you going to go for it or what? You know, like Ken Marino's like dribbling really awkwardly. And then, um, you know, just all those things where Amy Poehler's the, the klutz. I'm the klutzy girl. And like they say that. And then you see stuff falling on her, and <laughs> and I don't know. I'm a. I'm just. I just thought it was really good and really smart, and um, I just love those guys. I love Mike Michael Showalter. I think he wrote it. Yeah, him and David Wayne wrote with, it together. And, Wayne and Paul Rudd have done a million things together. Yes, and and, and like Michael Hinton Black is in it, and he plays the really a lot of the state guys asshole sure. um, boss, and. Um, I think I just think that that David Wayne's comedies have been so good and and a little bit underrated because I just I just think I don't think there's a lot of people making good comedies out there. It's a hard thing to do, man. Yeah, and, you know he's he you know directed a lot of episodes of Children's Hospital and then he did Role Models. Yeah, Role Models, which is very funny, and, and that's the one I haven't seen. Wanderlust is see. really good. Mm-hmm. You know it it it. Wet Hot American Summer obviously is, is Wet Hot American Summer is insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish he would make another like more indie thing. That was the only thing about it is it's very it felt very studio and there was like a lot of money spent and Wet Hot was just so raw. Well, yeah, that's well, the problem. Like the, I didn't see Wonderlust, but the trailer to me, the way they the I studio, didn't love Wonderlust. Yeah, the way the, the trailer yeah. was cut to me, I watched Wonderlust and I went, just just looks like a by the numbers studio comedy, and I'm and I'm I'm wondering like. You know, now that I'm but it wasn't. About it, it was about something. It was. Right. It, it was about F, uh, trading now, everything in and saying, "Screw work and screw the regular world. Let's go live on a commune." You know, after listening to you guys now, um, I kind of have a little more insight into that movie now because that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like David Wayne was trying to make indie scenes in this structure of like, no, you have to make it like this of a studio movie. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. In Wanderlust. In Wanderlust, And maybe that experience on Wanderlust led him to They Came Together. Could be. I want to just, which which sounds great, because like you're saying, when he's kind of has a little more autonomy, like an indie Mm -hmm. film, like role models or something like that, he's great. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of, I mean, this is, this is not necessarily, it's not his fault really, but when, when a big studio comes in and throws big money and there's Mm -hmm. big celebrities, you kind of have to, you're getting notes. Yeah, you're getting you're notes. Getting yeah. notes. <laughs> you got to play ball with them. Yeah. You got to stick within their structure. And you're thinking that they came together sort of is out of that? I, I, I definitely, there's definitely like, there's a studio hand in there. Okay. And, but, but that's what I think is really good about it too, is you care 
about what happens in the end, and often with a parody movie, you're like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, it's just a series. Yeah, 40 minutes in, these jokes have all been made. They've all been made, and so I thought that was really impressive. That's cool. Yeah. That's not easy to do, to keep Mm -hmm. the story going in a comedy, in a broad comedy. I just love the insanity of Wet Hot, and I would love to see him... At one point, just go back to that and, you know, just do one that's just like, I'll oh, fuck it. You, you, <laughs> you know, know, you know that Bradley Cooper, development's late somewhere. Yeah, like, Here's Bradley the one Cooper. I do. Bradley Cooper making out with Michael Ian Black. I mean, <laughs> in a tender, tender embrace. I mean, it's just so crazy. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a sequel. Or are they going to make that into a show? No, then, wet hot, wet hot has been thrown around. Yeah, I've heard all these different. It's in development somewhere. Well, they made, they made The Bachelor, which was like. I don't. I thought that was really amazing mm-hmm. too. Did you see that the parody of The Bachelor? Mm-mm. It's called. Um, anyways, Ken Marino's The Bachelor, and they got twenty comedian, com- female comedians, uh, being his suitor. Uh, one has yeah, and like, one has one arm, and one is crazy. It, it was and, online. It was, yeah, it was online. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then it was on E for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And oh, Michael Ian Black plays the Chris Harrison I know really slimy host. They did, they did a, a, a Bachelor and a Bachelorette version. <laughs> did they do a Bachelorette yeah, version? Yeah, they did. There was a uh, who was the Bachelorette? Uh, Andrea Savage or I oh Natasha? Yeah, I can't. Like I know Natasha now. was in it. I know Andrea Savage was in it. It was yeah, all people was, we know. It was all comedians. It was like That's a hilarious. who's who of. of yeah, comedians. Well, speaking of so, movies with who's who's of comedians. Oh, wait, we got to do a Harry's. Uh, oh, Harry's do it. Come on. Yep. Now, Graham, you have been very happy with the, the Harry's products. I'm not joking. I Looks shaved good. this morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. With I hadn't, I you know, I used to go two, three days. Uh, mm-hmm. I've just been home either uh, surfing or watching earbuds footage. So uh, I haven't been interacting with society very much. Yeah. <laughs> so I today I thought I knew that was going to happen. So I needed to <laughs> shave. I shaved. And as I've said before, I'm not lying. The hairy razors are like the best because any razor I get, my neck gets chewed up. It's just, that's Mm -hmm. just part of my body. But like these razors are tight and I had to reorder and I ordered, uh, I think it was 16 blades for 25 bucks and then use the comedy film nerds coupon code. And it's 20 bucks. That's cheap. Free shipping. Yeah. For 16 blades? Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I pay for like a mock? Dude, those are, I, that's what I've been using. Ugh. They're expensive as shit. Oh my God. A, a stick and two blades, $17. Oh, uh, if you go to Costco and you get the 24 blade super pack, that's the best deal. It's still 50 bucks. Uh. Yeah, yeah. This is like a dollar 50 something a it's blade. way cheaper. And it's four blades. They're awesome. So it's harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and the coupon code is ComedyFilmNerds, $5 off. Mm -hmm. You will not be disappointed. And and Graham's face is, again, we said it at the the top. Right there, yeah. It's hard, you know. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, it's like looking at a pool ball. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. the, the sheen coming off just his chin. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like <laughs> this is getting weird. It's like an, it's like an awesome sea object that you yeah. found <laughs> like a loofah and you, and it's 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 alive and but but still at the same yeah. time. It's a living it's like coral. It's a living It's organism. like coral. Yeah, and you can't touch it enough. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, "Ah, oh, look at it. it's it has so much feeling." Yeah. If chrome had a face, that's yes. what you'd be looking at. <laughs> yeah. Right. So harrys.com, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let us talk about... Now, Jason, you have made a movie. And um, not that hard, right? Just kind of simple. put it together? Yeah, yeah. simple. Yeah. Easy. Simple pimple, man. It was about a, it was a six, six-day shoot and edit delivery. 
Wow. Well, like yeah, a it took, took six, six days. <laughs> yeah, Pretty shot it, and it was just... <laughs> so this is just Jason Just hit record, Nash really. Is ma- <laughs> this uh, is Jason Nash is married, and uh, this has been a uh, personal project of yours for now how long from start to finish? I mean, I'd say the shooting and the editing was, and the for it to come out was three years. It was a... Uh, you know, a year and a half to shoot, and then it sat for a year mm-hmm. as Comedy Central was deciding what, when to put it out, and they kept pushing and pushing. And so that deal was an early deal, and then it sat. So yeah. You, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was on a, the Comedy Central shelf for a little bit. Well, I had. And sh- what were they going to do with it? Well, release I had, it as a film, or this is a TV show, or I had shot. Um, I had just they had given me some money to make mm-hmm. a web series, and then I just started shooting a movie. Because the money was, I wasn't beholden to the money. And it was such a small amount of money. If they ever came after me, I would just pay it back. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. So I shot this movie and kept editing. And then realized as I got into shooting a movie, how hard it was to shoot it for $10,000. Right. And then would work, make some more money, put it into the film, take a job. And then, um, and then when, when it was done, I called them and I just said, hey, this is done. Do you want to... It took them a really long time to look at it and decide. And did they say, where's my web series? No. <laughs> they didn't at all. They didn't care. Oh, that's right. They great. didn't care. And then eventually it got to the higher-ups there, and they were like, this is great. Mm-hmm. We can't... We're going to... This is going to be our first digital movie, and da-da-da-da. And I really thought it was dead. I thought, oh, uh-huh. it'll, it'll never go anywhere. And I didn't get into any festivals. Um, and then Did ne- you submit to festivals? I did. Really, I did, and and uh, it it made me really mad. I was like, because I know it's I I know it's good, and I know that you know, I, I, watching it, I'm like, oh, I could see this easily playing festivals. Yeah, that yeah, surprises yeah. me. And and then and then it came out, and we 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 were like in the top ten on iTunes like first couple days. I didn't even think we'd break top hundred, and then just been promoting it through Vine and Twitter, and um, and then we got. Wait, did you just send it to Sundance and Telluride? No, I sent it to a lot of places. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, festivals are hard. That makes no sense. What's that? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 weird. Um, and so then, um, and then it did so well. We're gonna be at IPIC in Pasadena and Westwood for yeah, for nice. two weeks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's been good. It's so. It, where can people get it? You can get it on iTunes and Amazon right now. You can rent it or buy it. Will a DVD be released? I don't think so. Maybe. So Maybe. It's just digital right just now. And digital. then if you live in LA, you can see it at iPick. Are there yep. any other theaters around the country that are showing it or will be? Not yet. Okay. Well, this- so, so tell us about how it came to be and what made you want to shoot it and how it parallels your own life. I was doing stand-up with Graham at M-Bar. Yeah. <laughs> and then going to my car and putting a gun in my mouth after every show. <laughs> After I'd watch Graham kill and I would die <laughs> or Graham would roll in off the street, <laughs> what not booked. And he'd be like, yeah, I'll go up if you got, if you have room and be like, all right, go on up. And he would kill. And then I, and I'd be like, good job, Graham. <laughs> and then I would just, I was so miserable and so down and out. And I never really wanted to be a standup. I just like comedy. I really just wanted to make a film. And then I, they, I was just living this life of, uh, you know, failure, 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 failure. And I started to write a script about that. That was really close to myself. And I thought, this will be really, this is actually easy to shoot if I can just find someone to play my wife. 
I had cold emailed Busy Phillips, who I didn't know. I was like, I have this idea. You play my wife. And she came over and she met my wife and like she was immediately, she's a really good actress. She was immediately, she immediately had my wife down in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we just started going and, and she just took on, she took on the exact way my wife treats me, which is sort of above me a little bit. And then, then that was it. And we, then we started to add, I just tried to add as many people that could that well, your fun, cast funny is friends phenomenal. yeah got hilarious yeah. people in this movie like the cast is great and, and and honestly the relationship between you and busy was really i was like wow this is a really cool dynamic and it is a dynamic like i don't know it looks real it looks real that's what i say like, good, i don't good, know you good. and your wife but i'm like i've seen that dynamic in a married couple before yeah. with where like a buddy of mine is a comic or an artist of some kind and the wife is like yeah that's great uh where are the paychecks uh, yeah, to pay yeah. for the kids like <laughs> your movie mm-hmm. very resonated mm-hmm. It resonated. Good, it definitely good, did. Good. I was. Uh, I was like, "Oh, that looks familiar. That looks familiar." <laughs> and so, yeah, we just kept shooting and and trying to get. I would call like Nick Swartzen. I'd be like, "Can you come Saturday at one o'clock to my manager's office?" And right. And he was like, "Well, I'm on the road, but yes." And then we would put it off, and then you know, in that waiting time, you're like. Oh God! I hope I, I hope he can come. And, and what else can I shoot in the meantime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he came, and we did that scene, and then it was good. And you know, I'm I'm envious that you guys are going through your oh, yeah. movie right now and <laughs> yep. ready to edit because to we me we just that's... got back from Australia and Japan. You did, uh, yeah. It's awesome. Shooting. Yeah, just been watching mm-hmm. footage. I've been watching footage the last three weeks and just writing notes and starting to piece together what the story and themes are. Um, Who's the Mark Marin of Japan? Well, we no, actually, we went to see fans. We interviewed fans. Oh, fans of of American podcasts. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Is it is it just about your podcast or a lot of other? No, ones? all podcasts. All podcasts. It's about podcasts. How many interviews did we do? One hundred and forty. One hundred and forty interviews. Yeah. What's who's who gave you the best stuff so far? Oh, it's hard. To, I mean, we've got a so lot much. of a lot of good I mean, stuff. I was the footage I was just watching. Uh, Paul Gilmartin ha, has a great interview talking about mental illness happy hour because yeah. as we started shooting interviewing fans and stuff, there was this clear theme that like a lot of people listen to podcasts to help them get through depression or mental illness or something like that. Sure. And so, you know, I already knew I was going to interview Gil Martin, but then, cause his podcast is so unique. And then, you know, he just had a great, a great interview talking about, and I've known Paul for t- like 20 years so it, that that interview was great. Todd Glass has a great interview. I mean, Aisha Tyler has an amazing. Everybody interview. has a podcast too, so you can fit so many great people in. And the fans were the stuff that they were saying was really insightful and amazing. That yeah. just how it affected them, and that's one of the reasons we went to Australia and Japan was mm-hmm. to to talk to them. Um, and just how what was the one you have like it was a drill sergeant? Yeah, yeah, Lucas Lundsman, who's mm-hmm. been a fan of the show for a long time. Um, uh, he was deployed in, he did three deployments, I believe, to Iraq. He's in, in the army and he was like, yeah. one of them, he was like in a sniper team. Like he's the hardcore infantry. And he was listening to our show over there. Um, and now he, he's been as like a drill sergeant. Now I think his job is sort of tr- changing a little bit. But anyway, he just recently got stationed um, at a base in the Midwest and we interviewed him. And to hear his take on it, like you're sitting there, like we interview like a, a big fan of ours, uh, Sanai, and she's like, a, what, what would a Japanese housewife and an American drill sergeant, po- what could they possibly have in common? Turns out it's podcasting mm-hmm. and they relate to it on the same level sure, and have the same interests. And so that was, uh, that was really cool. But 
Um, I could never get my wife to listen to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing I wanted to, getting back to your film, um, is like how much of this was scripted and how much of it was improvised? Because I feel like you had a lot of very solid comics who were really skilled at improvisation. Like, how did you have like a full script and then you kind of let people play with that? Or we had a full script and then they would get there and just sort of make it their own. Right. Because you just didn't have a lot of time. Right. So you'd like show Paul Tompkins three pages. Right. And he'd be like, okay, 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 I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, you're just like, he did, he did what the scene needed, but he also right. made it his own. And sure. And I think that's, you know, I like that. That's how I like to do it. Well, Change it however you want. And I don't think people realize how not everyone can do that. Like, no, that's a really skill. amazing, that's right. classically <laughs> trained actors, when you ask them, like Meryl Streep couldn't do that. And yeah. that's not a slam on her. I'm just saying she couldn't, like I've heard interviews with, with her where, and, and classically trained actors or whatever go, oh, I got to write the script too? Like, just give me the lines. And yeah. I'll, you know what I mean? Whereas the comics, we sort of almost take pride in the fact that we can kind of come in and do that. Uh-huh. And I think that's a skill that just doesn't get as much appreciation as it should. No, it, it yeah, totally. I had I had a part for uh, a drug addict. Saw it firsthand when we were talking about asylum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I just say whatever you want. Really? Is that what improv is? Yeah. You're saying whatever you want? What, you talk, what movie is that? Oh, it's, when I, it's a whole... If you listen to a couple episodes ago, I go with the whole story that I um, made a horror movie and then how it got unmade and... Bulgaria and oh I want to give people an update on that too people have been emailing and they found the page it got released in Japan it's called SWAT versus devil <laughs> and Sanai is actually going to bring me a copy so oh. I, I, I can't wait to see it at the podcast festival and then uh, uh, people are like I, I hope this gets released I'm like yeah so do I I don't know we if it ever will so what SWAT happened you devil. made a movie and then well, it was it's, 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 we went but it's quite a story but anyway, but but like, so then what was that process like in terms of, it wasn't like you had a three-week shoot and you banged it all out. You had to kind of, whenever these people were available. Yeah, whenever they were available. You were stop and start production pretty much. Yeah, yeah, shoot a bunch, yeah, wait, yeah. Write, mm-hmm. write some more, shoot a bunch, and then just keep, I don't know, no, I don't even know how we did it. Just like such a, it was just like a real Hail Mary, like, oh, I don't know. And then doing it, you're like, oh, is this going to ever go anywhere? Now, one thing I really liked about the movie is that, you know, you could have easily copped out and just made a bunch of funny sketches about marriage and your life and your career, but you didn't. What it is is not only are there some, a lot of funny scenes, you tied it together emotionally with your voiceover and also with your relationship with your wife and, and um, how going through all these different things affected you. Now... You have voiceover throughout the movie. Did you, is that, was that in the script? Did you kind of add that later? How did that come about? Um, I, yeah, I added that as I went. Mm-hmm. Just as a way to tie it all together. Okay, so it wasn't, the whole thing wasn't on the page. You were pretty much commenting as you were shooting. Yep. Oh, cool, okay. Yeah, just saying what I, what I was going through. Mm-hmm. That was it, that was the way I thought I could pull it together. I mean, look, it's, for the amount of money that we shot it, I'm proud of it, but I would never do a movie that way again. <laughs> you know, it's just too hard. <laughs> yeah, completely I think understand. Says that. Yeah, everyone says. You know? that. Just go. And then, then again, I might. Like, if I couldn't get money for the next one, I I'm gonna make another movie. So if I have to, but there were some really cool things about it. Like Andy Dick was supposed to play the drug addict part that Matt Walsh played, and he didn't show up. That's weird. 
And, yeah, that's weird. And yeah. then he, and <laughs> he's unreliable. He and then Walsh showed up, and he you know he did it again when we were talking about what you asked about just looking at the page like he just did it so real. And I was like, oh, wow, so much better. Mm. You know what I mean? Than someone being crazy. And so that was cool. T.J. Miller did a really nice job on it too. He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. And I've been watching him on Silicon Valley. And Who was the biggest get that you think that you were like, oh, I'll never get this person. And then they're in the movie. Probably busy. Busy, yeah. Because without her, there's no movie. Once she said, okay, Mm -hmm. then everyone else said, okay. And how was it, Uh, how was it, shooting around like her like how did you get a lot of her scenes because she's probably pretty busy i would imagine and that's actually how she said how she got her name she renamed herself busy that's her that was in an interview she said that because it was always doing stuff (laughs) (laughs) um what was the question yeah how was it how was it shooting around like her schedule and stuff like that yeah she just would um she would just show up on her days off she was incredible like so nice because she's in a lot of scenes. I mean, that was a major role in the film. Yeah. So, you know, like, oh, because I know she's what was on Cougar Town. And when you were shooting it, she had, I'm sure she was on a show too. She was on Cougar Town. She was on Cougar Town. She was, on, she was doing Cougar okay. Town. And then she would just show up. She would bring her kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was it like doing the whole process of doing this movie in terms of your actual marriage and family? How did that? It's, it really tore it apart. It was really hard because I was shooting in my house. In my wife's house. In my wife's house, if you see the movie, it's it's that's what she's really about in the movie is having a nice house. And and I'm not, I don't care about that. So it was like people were scuffing the walls and there was always people there. And then I'm not making any money because I'm shooting a film and I'm. it's a very brazen attempt to just, it's like, fuck my kids, fuck my wife. I'm making this movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's like, and it was all reliant. And it was like, if I don't make this movie... I'm going to be, I'll kill myself. Like I'll be miserable. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, this is what I'm doing. And I feel bad about that. But the end was really great. Like she, we had a great moment where she, she, she called me like a couple of days after and she's like, you're, you went from number 36 to number 18 on iTunes and now you're 12. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I've been like checking it every five minutes. <laughs> it's like your Amazon ranking. Yeah, so yeah, like, you know, of course I'm checking it. And, she, and I was like, you've been checking it too? And she's like, yeah. She's like, of course. I was just like, this is the greatest thing ever. And that was amazing. That was amazing that she... Well, how's your relationship with um, your wife and kids now? I mean, really good. I mean, I, I, have, I have a touch of like mental illness, so trying to trying to write stuff is really hard for me because if somebody starts talking to me, I'm done for the day. So that's like Sunday, I was trying to write something and then they kept coming in and it made me, just made me insane. I get derailed. I don't know if you guys get derailed, but I do. And, um, but things are good. I try to, I'm a good dad. I spend endless amounts of time with them. And um, yeah, that's it. I don't know. Right on. Things are good. That's great. Well, Jason well, Nash is married, guys. Check yeah, it out. congratulations. I mean, you could see this was not only a labor of love, but how difficult it was to put together, and the fact that you pulled it off is very impressive. Yeah, man. Thank um, you, guys. Finishing a movie 
it's it's it's, it, it's, 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 it's just it's, finishing a movie alone is is an amazing achievement, and I can't wait to do it. And the, yeah. you guys yeah. are going to be psyched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're very excited. And so, are you going to sh- premiere it at the podcast festival? No, we're going to show it there. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You know, the movie will be done probably, hopefully, like March. It'll definitely be shown there. I don't know if it'll premiere there. Yeah, we'll see. Right, you might show it early. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we'll probably have some premieres in L.A. before then, but we'll definitely show it to anyone who comes to the festival. Yeah. And please, you know, let me know. Invite me to the premiere and stuff. And sure. I, I donated. Thanks. Oh, I did. You. Just so you know. Just so you know. <laughs> Thanks, Just so you know. Well, we appreciate, I appreciate that. it. Yeah, yeah. We love the I wanted to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> well, right on. Well, all right. Well, let's... Uh, Let's see what we got coming out on DVD. Rio 2 is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I sat through it. You know, that's you know, one of the I, ones we were talking about. Just shovelware. You just throw it on. I, t- know, I tell you a true story. I'll tell you a true story about Rio 2. I'm driving down, uh, I'm driving down Sunset Boulevard. My wife and I have an hour to ourselves, and we're having a nice time because we got a sitter for the morning. I think we went to a workout class, and there's a big sign for Rio 2. And I go, I swear to God, a lot. I go, I go, what a piece of fucking shit. Like that, <laughs> Rio two. What a piece of shit! An hour later, I was at Rio two. <laughs> I was, I was at Rio two. Because my wife was like, "I got to get my hair done because I'm aging and I need to do everything I can to still look pretty." And I will not put that fight down. <laughs> and um, and so I took the kids, and I my my mania was like kicking in that day, like my medication wasn't working, and it's like. And Dolby, like all kinds of birds, and Gilbert Gottfried, and <laughs> awful, unwatchable. But maybe it's good because the first one was such a classic. Yeah, well, I, I mean, did you see the first one? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I took my kids to that one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The um, you're not missing anything by missing these movies. Let's just put it that way. Did your yeah. kids like it? Um, my kids no. loved it. They, the first one, they um, they were like lukewarm on it. Um, but the the second one, we didn't see. It. I was like, at some point, I have to put my foot down. Yeah, good. Good, for, good for you. Good for you. It's like you know we have a whole library here. You're going to watch Iron Giant again. Yeah, <laughs> I should talk to or you about Castle kids' in the films. Skies. Yeah, or Kafka. What's, yeah, gonna, is that a kids' movie, Castle so in the Sky? So we'll give you a book. It's, yeah, please. I mean, oh, it's the, the book whole, you wrote. The whole chapter on oh, yeah, kids' yeah, movies. You guys, wrote, you guys have mm-hmm. done so much. You're so prolific. <laughs> Books, movies, exhaustion well, constantly. Uh, When's the TV show coming? Well, those mm. assholes won't hire us, so we got yeah. to do our own shit, man. <laughs> if, if regular Hollywood wants to give us jobs, we'll take them. But in the yeah. meantime, we need to eat, so we're <laughs> going to make our own shit. Um, so, uh, all right, what's Under the Skin? What is that movie? This is the um, Scarlett Johansson movie. No. Not Lucy, no. Um, where she gets something put God, under her Scar skin. Johansson this is so more that, that she's like a um, an alien that... Eats people's skin through in a uh, a pool or what? something. It's a very odd, art, artsy kind of okay. horror movie. And here, here's how I know it was maybe a little too artsy is Neil was lukewarm on it. Like, <sighs> Neil, like, he, he's one of our reviewers for the site. Yeah. And he's like, he loves these kinds of movies. And he just kind of shook his head a little bit. I'm like, nah, I don't so know. She, she wears people's skin or something? She, well, she eats it. That's that's Scarlett uh, Johansson eats people's skin. Yeah, but not... But, <laughs> Again, again, this is just really <laughs> but through like a, a weird just... through like a weird pool. Like she finds strangers, and I think it's a shot in the UK. Like I a believe. swimming pool, uh, like but filled a... with this weird liquid. Just <laughs> the director that did Sexy Beast. Hey, okay. Oh, Sexy Beast is awesome. Which is a great. Y- you movie. know what? Read the description of this film. Sexy Beast, a good movie. I would see Sexy Beast again. 
All right, here's the description for Under the Skin. A mysterious woman seduces lonely men in the evening hours in Scotland. Events lead her to begin a process of self-discovery. That has nothing to do no, with what nothing you to just do with, said. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, yeah, that's not, not at all what the movie is. <laughs> that's just like, that yeah. makes no, none of it makes any sense. You got it mixed that's up? Like, that's like so, that, I, that joke I, I do on stage. It's like yeah. a group of miners have an interesting dinner. Alien. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> so you got it wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> now, if you watch the trailer, you'll see it's like, oh, this is a little more going on IMDb there. IMDb got it wrong. Yeah. Oh, okay. Much. Yeah, IMDb got it wrong. Well, listen, now, this now, Scarlett now Johansson back. is a if, knockout. If you go down just for one more second, now go to like either a comment or a review, and there'll be probably something like, what the fuck? Or a. Uh... It, wow. Interesting how it worked. There's a whole long review. Jesus, this person did one of these like five. Oh yeah, one of the um the the five page IMDb yeah. reviews. But anyway, it, it's a it's a weird artsy sort of horror relationship odd movie <laughs> that uh, horror relationship <laughs> artsy. Yeah, where she combined re- every yes. genre. Well, that, and that's yeah, that's it's what a, this movie uh, uh, martial art uh, yeah. science <laughs> film documentary love story. Yes. And uh, that so, takes place on ice. So read um, read Neil's review, and if you're still inclined, um, rent the movie. If you're that, <laughs> I have to that watch curious this now, because I mean, no I'm very sense. curious. I want to see it. I just haven't had a chance to. <laughs> I'm yet. always impressed with her, and not just because she's beautiful. I've never seen her not. I've liked her in everything yeah, I've does, seen her in. Even the she, I mean, no, she doesn't phone it. The in. superhero movie. Yeah, she doesn't right. phone. Uh, it when in I knew she was going to be in that, I was like, oh come on. Yeah, yeah. She's unbelievable. Even uh, even like the little cameos, like in Iron Man, where it's like you mm-hmm. know she, we yeah. know she's Black Widow, but she's not doing anything yet. But you're still like, okay, I still want to see her. It's why I really want to see Lucy, which is coming out later in the summer. Yeah. That movie looks interesting. All right, here's what's coming out this week: The Purge, Anarchy. Okay. We discussed obviously whatever last summer, two summers ago, the first Purge. Um, we very much like, I mean, I like the concept. We cut it some slack because premise because the premise was so strong. The execution, we cut it a little, we slack. cut it slack yeah. because we knew it was a low budget, $3 million. They shot right. it in like three weeks in that house. Yeah. So the purge anarchy looks like I'm we're a big gonna, fan of Ethan Hawke too. Yeah. I have to say, I like, <laughs> I like him Hawk. and stuff. Uh, the purge anarchy looks like we're going to actually see what's really going on in the rest of the city, the rest of yeah, the, or the city. world, hopefully the world and yeah. hopefully the world. And it looks like it's going to, we're going to really see, because the point of the first one was obviously like, this isn't really working. Violence doesn't solve anything. And it sounds to me like they're going to just take that to the next level, obviously with a bigger budget since the first right. one did so well. And anarchy is going to just be like, you're going to really see how this concept right. wouldn't work. It's also a great indictment of American culture. Yeah. What? What? I don't even know what you're talking about. The, the purge. I've seen the signs, and I know there's a siren going off. Here's what it is. The what movie, is it? It's, it's set in the future, yeah. and America had so much crazy violence and crime, and everything went out of control, so they set this thing once a year for 12 hours. You can commit any crime. There's no cops or fire. You can murder. You can No die. ambulances, no nothing. Ambul- nothing. And, and they And they once they started doing that- The crime rates all the dropped. The crime rate dropped. Because everyone waits for that time to go kill their boss or yeah. do whatever they want to do. Do whatever so, they want to do. So the rich people, what they do is they have these elaborate security systems to put in their home, and they just lock down. And then what they do is then they, the poor people, they kill they, they have to go kill each other or try to survive. And so in the first movie, there's you hear this sort of, they use it through listening to a radio show of 
people are pro and con and, oh, you know, and, and they kind of touch on just through what you're hearing on the radio, what society is doing with it. So now this, and, but it was a very low budget film and it was shot in a short amount of time. So now this, this one is the sequel because the first movie did really well and now you're going to see everything. So I would see the first, the purge Mm -hmm. and then go see this. But I want to see this because I'm curious to see now with some money, how they're really going to depict how you know broken and crazy America society is. <laughs> is this the movie with Schwarzenegger and Stallone no, no. and Harrison Ford? You're thinking of the Expendables, oh, Expendables. which is a version of the Purge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see they added like a more people? Of to course, the they, yeah. they, they, Wesley Snipes. They added. I, I just saw a picture of like forty yeah. of them. Yeah, it's, Harrison Ford. Yeah, 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 everybody. yeah. But but you know when you look at those movies, especially the third one, you go, well, why wouldn't you? Of course, why wouldn't you add all sure. those people? But to that doesn't. That, that, how do they pay for all those people? Like, doesn't it get expensive to have? Oh, well, those, they made a lot of money. The those first movies do crazy money. money. Yeah, yeah, and this is supposedly yeah. the the last one, and it's the only movies that uh, people will go see Sylvester Stallone in, yeah. unless it's oh. Expendables or a you know Rocky. That's you know no one wants to see him be an action star anymore. Like Bullet to the no one cares that prison thing. Yeah, yeah. With prison or even like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like uh, last and again, no one cares. Retro or forget it. Yep. Have you guys ever had any problems with your criticism? Like, has anyone ever come after you or like said, like, hey, you were too harsh on my movie? Or, I mean, actual stars it, or movies? Or producers? Or have you had no, that yet? No. Not yet. Mm-mm. I welcome I, it. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. <laughs> how do you look at criticism? <laughs> what do you what's mean? what's what do you your mean? opinion of it? Like, how do you come at it? I look at it this way. I've never, I've never viewed myself or even this show. I don't view myself or this show as like, movie critics we started this whole show because we're stand-up comics who are also filmmakers and these are just how we would talk about movies like in a green room Mm -hmm. so we just like that's kind of how the show started and the website started was let's let's talk about it because but we also went to film school and we are these are educated opinions about film yeah to me it's and i I don't and i also just you know the way i go into every movie i want every movie to be great Mm -hmm. i want to have fun i want to walk out of the theater and go that was awesome and I'm also a comic, so when it sucks, I'm going to bury it. I'm going to make yeah. fun of it. Right. But we don't. We never go into a movie cynically, with the exception of a couple of <laughs> which ones? <laughs> uh, anything that Michael Bay directs. Michael Bay. Uh, ah. but, but but you know, we always like Graham said, whether it's a popcorn movie or like Under the Skin, we want it to be good. We were like, like because because no one benefits more than us because we see so many movies and then when we see a great one that surprises us or does something different mm-hmm. we get more excited like people ask us too oh can you even watch a movie and just enjoy it and yeah. the the short answer is well we're definitely more critical on it but when we see something we like we enjoy it even more yeah. so we're even more excited like even like the last Captain America movie I thought was fantastic I enjoyed the shit out of that movie watching that movie and this is like well it's just a popcorn movie no it isn't it's, it's great. a great movie and it's a fun summer movie and that's exactly how you do fun summer and- also, movies. like a film critic, like Leonard Malton doesn't make movies. He doesn't perform. He's not an artist. Right. He's just a film critic. And that's fine. I'm not criticizing that. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's why I view myself or this show is, or Chris and I is different because mm-hmm. we come from more from an art. We perform. Art, and artist, we have, uh, people have written shitty reviews yeah. about this podcast online. Oh, right. Yeah. So, and, you know, all of our other works, sure. <laughs> you know, there's, there's plenty of reviews that, yeah. that um, aren't positive. Yeah. Sure, we've all had that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say this, uh, until you get a bad review, no one's listening. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's mm-hmm. really the truth. It's like, uh, until you start getting, you know... Will you bit. review your own movie? 
Yeah. That is an excellent question. And uh, the answer will probably be yes. Yeah, of course <laughs> I will. I'll slam it. Yeah. <laughs> just say what the filmmakers could have done better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just bag on Chris, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bag on my. Like, yeah. be like, this director had no idea what he was doing traveling around countries. What an idiot. Um, all right, let's move on. Sex tape. I'll say, here we go. Yeah. Um, this is a movie. Why is it being made? The, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it, it's it looks and like so, one of those. Uh, real quick, too, to answer your question, Jason. Yeah. Um, I don't begrudge anybody for taking a gig for paycheck. I don't. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hosted strip poker. Like, I get it. I get. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, Somebody yeah. yeah. Came to me and said, Graham, you know, do you want to do this? Yeah, I know. If Hitler had a game show, I would fucking yeah. host it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You don't. You I don't. I, mean? I don't think you do that. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't care. I know you don't. I know you as a person. I know. I know you're. You're very reasonable. Yeah, but I get mad when they take the audience for granted. Uh huh. And just like slap it together and don't give a shit when it's <laughs> Fuck like it, this is all they deserve. I paid That's whatever what twelve, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, like last night, I, I paid fifteen bucks to go see. <laughs> Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Right. You went to the fancy theater, though. I do. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But even if you're paying okay. 10 or whatever. Sure, sure. No, it's a lot of money. If, if you're going to, if you're going to, if I'm going to spend that money, right. give me an effort. Uh-huh. Which, which you did see. You liked yeah, the movie. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Sex tape looks like it shouldn't have been made. Can't anyway, argue with that. We're more uh, critical of Speaking comedies. of the next one, uh, also shouldn't be made, Planes. Uh, I remember we had Carlos Alice Rocky in here when they were mm-hmm. doing the Cars spinoffs. Um, planes and he goes no there's going to be three of them and then at the time I thought is there really going to be three of them maybe halfway through development they'll see how the first one does and they'll kind of cancel or slowly can the next two no they're making three they made them all at once and they're going to slowly release them whether your children want them or not so and this one looks even worse than the last one. So I will not be seeing, uh, nor will my children be seeing planes. They and they've seen the trailers. They have no interest in seeing it, mm-hmm. either one, nine or six. So. Again, your your kids very sophisticated. <laughs> I know. My kids will be eating that up. <laughs> oh my god! Please, can we pre-order it, Daddy? <laughs> Daddy, can we pre-order planes, fire and rescue? <laughs> now, do your kids like the Lego Movie? Are you fucking shitting me? Yeah. Of course. No, that was a Lego great movie, movie though. Yeah, that movie. was the first movie that uh, my six-year-old said, can we buy that? Like, that's the, like he really wanted to yeah. buy that movie. So that's, uh, that was, I mean, that's a great movie. That's a great example of like how you make a family movie that everyone can watch and enjoy this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, when I saw it, it was all 20-year-olds. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. Like laughing their ass off. It's like when you go to a Pixar or... movie. You know, Pixar movies have late night showings. Yeah. It's all ones with, it's for people that want to see the Pixar movies without kids in the audience. Yeah. I felt like telling them to grow up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, Did you have your kids with you? At the yeah. Time? Yeah. I, there was a row of them behind me like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're, we're still kids. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. <laughs> go get a fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Also coming out next week is Wish I Was Here, which is the Zach Braff Kickstarter movie. Uh, oh, I love this conversation. He made uh, three million, <sighs> I yeah. think. Three mil, yes. Yeah. The, the, the goal was two. He made 3.1 million. He had 46,000 backers. And now we've now we obviously talked about this a little bit when we were yes. running our Kickstarter. And, you know, some people were like, oh, these movie stars shouldn't be able to do it. I think it's great. I do too. I think it's go for it. I don't man. have any problem with it. I don't have I any really problem do. at all. And the reason is I think that comes from a uh, a misunderstanding of what Kickstarter is. Sure. Like, I think, like, people think, oh, well, why are they people giving them money to make the movie? 
And people aren't giving money to make the movie. What they are is they're pre-buying a product that they want to see. Right. And so But it's, they're not getting a copy of the movie. Yeah, they are. Of course Some they of are. Them are. Yeah, yeah, it depends on Screenings, the tier. You're getting a t-shirt. You're not getting a you're not getting physical copy though. Depends. Some of them do. No, not in that one. I checked it out. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. We've done that. What I about mean, digital copy? You can get a you you can go to a screening. You have to pay a lot of mm-hmm. money. You can go you can get a stream. There's going to be a Right. And on uh, one night at eight o'clock, you go into like a Ustream account and you can oh, watch it. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's an interesting way to. Yeah, he's got a lot of too. advanced screenings in, in cities yeah. all over the, the yeah. world. Now, the, where he um, got some uh, criticism was where, like, not only then did he have, um, he got three million dollars in a Kickstarter campaign, then he sold the movie for like four million dollars, and there's no investors to pay back. Yeah. So. Uh, why, yeah, why are you I don't crit- think that's really a fair criticism. I mean, this is kind of how he did it, and this is how he wanted it. I mean, he, no one was forced to, you know, buy a tier. Well, that's the other thing, you know? too, is he I brought 46,000 people to Kickstarter. How many of those had no idea what Kickstarter was and came just because they're like, oh, Zach Braff. Right. I'm in. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. to me, it's like, how can you be mad? He did it. People wanted it. Right. I agree. He's not scamming anybody. Now, if... um out of those 46,000 people, if 40,000 of them were crying like, hey, I got scammed, I never got my sure. stream or whatever, then okay, yeah, that's a legitimate complaint. The but, screenings didn't happen, it's yeah, bullshit. Yeah. But no, I mean, you know, it's it's all spelled out there, what you're right. getting. You get the soundtrack, you get all this stuff. So I, to me, it's great, and, and I'm... Kickstarter is one of those sites that when it first came out, it was like, well, this is kind of like, how does this work? What right. is this? Is this... Is, would people even do this? And... You'd look at it and realize how brilliant it is. How much did you guys ask for? 135. 135, and we got like 139. And did, in a couple of days before, were you not there yet? No. <laughs> An hour. I think I remember seeing that on Facebook. Like you guys yeah. were. It was a fight to the wire. We funded with 30 minutes to go. Yeah. Wow. And so, I, having gone through that, I mean, obviously. So. We will never do it again never. if we can avoid it. Yeah, never say never. Um, wish I was here, though. I liked Garden State. I, did, I liked it, came too, out, yeah. I know, a while ago, but I'm excited to see now, this. Now, this isn't a sequel, but it, it does kind of um, explore some of the same themes. Uh, but I really want to see this movie, too. I, I loved Garden State. I thought it was great. I like Zach Braff, and you know what I mean? Here's the the thing about him, Why I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled why more actors have never done this throughout Hollywood history. Makes the big, crazy network money doing his sitcom. It's syndicated. And then go do your artistic stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why people get the big, they get the big paychecks, and then they keep doing, and they're like, oh, these are the only scripts that are offered me, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, go make your own thing. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of people are multi-hyphenates. They're just not. Yeah, you're right. They just don't have that thing. Right. They don't have the desire or the ability. Like, you look at, like, you know, there's a lot of movies that Tom Hanks... Tom Cruise and um, Rita Wilson that, you know, they're producers on that they're not necessarily even in. A lot of these bigger actors become stealth producers anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about. It's like, and it came from a um, desire to control the material that was, mm-hmm. you know, being offered to you and actually to control uh, some of the production, which is really smart. And uh, um, Jodie Foster is a great example of mm-hmm. that too, the way uh, with her production company. So I think the smarter ones do, but I agree with you. I'm like, why don't more people do it? So Jason's well. right, though. Yeah. Most people just, it's it's not, why don't they? They just don't have that mm. thing. To, to want to be like, all right, I'm going to make my own thing and produce and write and direct, which we've all done right. on small scales. Right. That's a shit ton of work. Right. And even if you're getting paid good money, it's a crazy amount of work. And most yes. people just don't have that thing. Uh, or you could look at it the other way, which is like, 
most people aren't crazy like we are. Yeah, and, they're and sane. narcissistic yeah. and mm-hmm. and have like a and have burning a, need to tear their family down to make a movie. And you know? have such I, a high tolerance for failure that we do. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. So uh, people like to go out in their boats and and you know travel to Mallorca and have a four hundred one k. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> no, I, I get that too. It's easy for me to say it. And I, you know, had I bounced from big TV, like had I started doing like network sitcoms, I don't know, maybe yeah. would I have wanted to come in a garage and hustle and bust our ass and do a festival or would I have just That's gone, right. Yeah, I need to go surfing in Tahiti. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Maybe. That's exactly that's right. Good point. good point. All right, well, wish I was here. Go see it, guys. Um, I think that's our program, ladies and gentlemen. This was a fine, this was a fine, fine show. program. Happy okay. to have Jason here yes. first time. Thank you first so time, much guys. for having me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Jason, once again, tell people where they can find your movie online and all your online business. Just iTunes and Amazon uh, Instant. And it's Jason Nash is Married? Mm-hmm, that's you, the name of it. Do you have um, Twitter, Facebook places? Jason23Nash. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Vine, if you're on Vine. Jason Nash. Now, that's where you have the most uh, followers is that's on right. Vine, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys. Well, that is our program. Um Thank you so much. Of course, uh, Chris and I are going to be at Comic-Con next week. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We've got a we, lot of, we, stuff, we lot of stuff to announce. Well, you're doing? Yes, I'm doing the Thrillbent panel. We'll be an- announcing my new comic book series mm. with uh, Mark Wade's company. Fancy pants. And that will be in room eight at 5.30. And the other thing, it's also going to be half of a pitch panel, so you get to pitch Mark Wade and uh, on your comic book mm-hmm. idea, and he's going to pick one to develop for the site. What? So, wow. So this is a digital comic book that digital you do. comic book company. That's great. Yeah, yeah. They started Mark Wade started it with uh, John Rogers, and um, it's going into their second or third year. And I was able to get one going with them, and I'm really excited about it. I've always wanted to do a comic book, yeah. so to actually get to do one, it's like oh it's, it's like a dream come true. So I can't wait. Uh, and then also, so I um, see why that weight bench just has a bunch of stuff on it. Yeah, <laughs> just been focusing on the podcast on, on the, and the yeah, comic book on the not lifting point. weights yes yeah, been focusing on that but it's, uh, it's good it holds up a lot of stuff yeah. that weight bench it is it's, it's uh, and you know what if you ever go back to it, it should weigh the same yeah Should shouldn't break mm-hmm. uh so and then we're doing rick myers's kung fu extravaganza this is our third or fourth third, year i think it's third third year Jeez, yeah. what do you guys do yeah. it's yeah. so fun do you man. have what, what do you have so much going on we just love being a part of anything yeah, anybody, of anyone that'll have us. What's let it? Us do it's stuff. a kung fu fight. What is it? It's, uh, <laughs> yes, Chris and I are going to be in a, in a kung fu. You guys fight. going to a dojo? And <laughs> you're doing in, in front of ten thousand nerds in no, costume. So Rick Myers has been doing this kung fu extravaganza for like I don't know, fifteen, twenty years. Yeah, and the coolest thing about it, he brings like obscure martial art movies from like Hong uh, Kong. Oh yeah, sure, that sure. Aren't mm-hmm. being shown here, and so we've learned about really cool movies. Like yeah. we saw clips of the Grandmaster and Ipman and all that stuff, and then we met Eric Jacobus. Who yeah, did yeah. His rope a dope and that was hilarious. He's God, doing a sequel to that. God, he did, yeah. makes funny shit. So it's really. In it's, fact, we we have uh, Rick Myers's book and also Eric's movie uh, Death Grip. We have those in the store right now. <sighs> so you're so you're this is like a festival of karate movies. Yes, sure, exactly. yeah. and you're going to speak at it. Is that the idea? Well, one or? of the panelists yeah. will panelists, comment on yeah. stuff. And now we'll, it's long too. It's something like it's over two hours. Well, it right? goes on forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what are you going to do at Comic Con? Um, that I, that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick up chicks, and then yeah. we. I, <laughs> <laughs> Try to get some nerd tail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we'll also uh, dress up as a furry. If, and, if we, if we, we for my little pony, you're going to be, a, uh, you're going to be a brony. Is that a real thing? It is yeah, a real yeah, thing. Yeah, yes. 
There's yeah, I'm gonna be a, come to my brony my brony uh, panel. Graham's brony booth. Graham's <laughs> I tell you what, if I see anybody with a Graham's brony booth shirt at the festival at Comic Con, you give buy, them a thousand dollars. I'm not. Let's not get crazy. I'll buy you lunch. Yeah. Okay. Come find me with a Graham's brony booth, and I'll buy you lunch. Fair enough. Fair enough. And also, we might. Uh, we just got emailed from uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It might be on their um, podcast. As oh, they're just going to be running their yeah, podcast yeah. the whole time. Yeah, and the, and the vi- they'll have a video feed too. That'll be super. Are you going to be guests on there? You're going to yeah. have your podcast. Oh, I see. We'll do. We'll be guests on there too. Look at you guys. So come on down to Comic Con, you guys. And of course, um, I'm going to be doing some shows in Minneapolis, uh, August 14th and 15th. And then uh, just announced, I am coming to do stand up comedy in Hong Kong, China, not the Hong Kong Tokyo, the actual one. <laughs> um, and that is um, that is the 25th through the 30th of August and I'm probably going to be adding shows in Kuala Lumpur September 4, 5, and 6 so some of you folks have emailed hey come guess what I'm coming to You're Hong coming Kong to Hong Kong? Malaysia yeah. mm-hmm. so um, make it happen if you live there um, you know start emailing me and yeah well you're doing a bird flu tour right <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm spreading avian flu <laughs> so I'm gonna bring a bag of bird flu out there with my brony uh, booth <laughs> You're going to sign it? I'm going to sign it. Yeah, I'm going to be autographing bird blue samples (laughs) after the shows. Um, And I'll be setting up a brony booth in Hong Kong. (laughs) So check those out, you guys. Um, And of course, um, like the earbuds page on Facebook. Yes. And, Um, you know, we've got the festival coming up too. September 26th Um, through the 28th. Uh, tickets and discounted hotel rooms are at LAPodfest.com. Yes. We've, the lineup, we've already got about 20 shows confirmed. We'll have about 35 total. And we also have um, a couple new things in the store. One thing we want to mention, too, is you can still pre-order the movie, um, and that will actually help us with the budget <laughs> as mm-hmm. we're shooting it. Sure. Uh, that is still a comedy film. Nerds. And we also have, we're the only ones carrying Dana Gould's new shirt. Yes. The Bevel Aqua Heating and Cooling shirt. Um, and that is in the store right now. All right, guys, thank you so much for helping us out. Likes and positive reviews are free ways to help. And, of course, um, vote with your dollars. Um, Thank you once again to our guest, uh, Jason Nash. Uh, Jason Nash is married as the film. Check it out. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han Han shot shot first. first.